Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to another edition of the Howl. Uh, I do want to start this one off by giving a special uh, shout-out to Gooptopia. Only certain people that listen to the show are going to understand what that means. It is a uh, special group, we'll say. Uh, so, Gooptopia, thanks for listening. And here we go, jumping right into this week's edition of The Howl. Unfortunately, it's not going to be as positive as the last one. You know, We're not coming off of a victory against the Bucks. unfortunately. We're coming off of two losses against... Good team and terrible team, I think. is It's fair to say that the early on, the Orlando Magic are a bad team. And so those are both, in some ways you could say these are bad losses, but just in different ways. And the key thing for me has been the fact that the team as a whole, my, you know, except for maybe a couple exceptions, but for the most part, the team as a whole has forgotten how to shoot the basketball. I don't know how that happens. I think one of the 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 glaring names atop that list is D'Angelo Russell, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Malik Beasley started off slow. I It seems to me like he's kind of picking it up now, which is, is good to see. If we can kind of get him into some sort of a rhythm, I think that's going to make a big difference. We obviously, from this last game, lost uh, D'Angelo Russell. We don't know for how long. Nas Reed got banged up, and that's something we have to... That's something we have to... That's something we have to consider. And so... We'll take a look here at, uh, we'll start with that Nuggets game. So final score in that game was 93-91. Very close matchup. I didn't watch this game start to finish and and during the game say to myself, man, you know, I thought Carl Towns played poorly or um, I thought this person played poorly. Aside from, I'll say this, after this game, I was pretty annoyed with D'Lo stands. And this is not the first time as a Wolves fan, as someone that covers the team, that I've been upset with a stand. And that is... Uh, we go back to the Derek Rose stands are some of the worst people <laughs> that I've had to deal with uh, when it comes to having conversations about basketball. They just don't listen. And if you say anything negative about 
Derrick Rose, they come at you and they come at you hard. And and to me, it's it's almost like they they clearly search you out on let's say on Twitter, for example. They search out fights. They're looking for fights. They're looking to find people that disagree with them. And to be fair, it's a lot of people. Let's let's not pretend it isn't. And so that's definitely something that's uh, been frustrating early on in this season is that people can't seem to grasp D'Angelo Russell. It's There's two sides of the coin, right? There's the people that are going to get upset with D'Angelo Russell, rightfully so, because he has not played well. And then there's these D'Angelo Russell stands that it doesn't matter what the guy does. I mean, he could shoot like 0 for 100 from three, and they'd find a way to say it was someone else's fault. Or they'd find a way to blame Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Edwards or whoever. It's it's one of those things where it's never it's never his fault. It's got to be someone else's fault. And that's so frustrating to me. Uh, but he was a guy that stood out to me in this game for sure, where I said to myself, yuck. Like, this wasn't it uh, for me. And, and down the stretch, um, you know, he got better. You know, he, he hit some shots uh, at times. But 6 of 15 from the field... That's not going to get the job done. 14 points, that's not going to get the job done. But here's the thing. It wasn't just him. 14 points from Anthony Edwards. 14 points from Carl Towns. Those numbers need to be better. 6 of 19 from Edwards, 4 of 11 from Towns. But again, the interesting thing to me, and this is the big difference between watching a game and looking at the box score, I didn't feel like I watched this game. I didn't feel like I watched this game and felt that that Carl Towns had made any sort of a, like a bad effort or had played poorly. Talking in the background, I do have my co-host, my two-year-old Xavier that is uh, out and about. And he, I will actually bring him on a little later to give some predictions for future games. So we'll see how that goes. But back to the Wolves and the Nuggets. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing in a Channel. This is The Howl. We are your source for Timberwolves Radio here on the station and should be your go-to way to learn about the Wolves, listen to the Wolves. And if you have any questions, if you have any things that you want us to do on this show, guests that you want us to bring on, let us know at the Howl Radio on Twitter. Also, I am at the Sports Min. So either of those places are a good place to reach out. So let's get back into uh, Timberwolves and Nuggets. So it's interesting. There were times at this game where I thought the Wolves really went on some, some runs, played some decent basketball. And again, it's another example where the Nuggets can score the basketball, right? We held them to 93 points. We've played good defense. It's not the defense that's been the problem. It's been the offense. On top of that, a good difference here for me, if you compare the Wolves and the Vikings, that's a good example, right? When you look at the Vikings, you say to yourself, yeah, it's the coaching staff. The coaching staff is to blame. But when you watch Timberwolves games, at least me personally, I don't see that being the problem. I don't think coaching is the issue. When I watch these Timberwolves games, to me, I think the coaching is solid. We're getting open shots. We're getting to the basket. We're playing great defense. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the Magic game. The one thing that teams, some teams will do, and you can't afford to do this, is you can't let your lack of offense get you down so that you don't play defense, right? That's something that's really important. And so those are things that the team needs to watch out for in future games. Now, in this game, it's funny, too. I felt like early on, Carl Towns played really good defense on Jokic. And much like Carl Towns, you know, the game ends, and I didn't feel like Towns had played, like, poorly or, or badly. And you look at that box score, and you're like, man, this is rough. Like, there were – he Carl Towns in this game was a minus 23. 
Always take plus or minus with a grain of salt. Anytime I bring that stat up, I do want you to take it with a grain of salt, but it does help to tell a story. And and to me, then you jump over to the other side of the coin, right? And Jokic, 26 points, 19 rebounds, and 7 assists. Michael Porter Jr., 12, 12 rebounds, right? Rebounding has been a consistent issue for the Wolves. In this game, though, it wasn't. 48 rebounds total for the, the Nuggets, 46 for the Wolves. That's just it. And and to me, it was you don't see Carl Towns jumping off the page rebounds-wise, which means other guys step up, right? So you get 11 from Anthony Edwards, which is cool to see. Four from Jaden McDaniels. I'd like that to be a little higher. If I if he could start to average, you know, six six rebounds a game, if he's going to be starting, I think that's I think that's fair to ask for your starting three or four to be grabbing more rebounds than you know three, four, sometimes two. I, I'd like to see more from him in that regard, but. But overall, when you're watching this game, a guy like Towns, uh, you don't realize he's struggling. Anthony Edwards, it was very clear that he was that he just didn't have it, and that's a we've this has been a kind of an up and down season so far for Anthony Edwards. I think he's it's not like he's playing poorly necessarily, but he can't hit shots, and and at times his decision making. Someone needs to talk to him about getting to the hoop more. He settles for a lot of threes, and he doesn't need to do that. On top of that, we talk about and uh, Chris Finch talked about this after the game. We need to get more shot attempts for Carl Towns. Carl Towns is one of the best shooters in the NBA. And let's just let's just add that. Not not just one of the best shooting big men. He's one of the best sh- shooters, period. And so we need him to get more shots than 11 shots. And Chris Finch said that. Let's see going forward if that, may, if that changes. Let's see if D'Angelo Russell ends up missing extended time. Obviously, it's going to be that much easier to say, all right, Towns, we need you to shoot more. We're missing... D'Angelo Russell, a guy that's going to put up, you know, case in point in this game, 15 shots. That's 15 shots. That's got to go to someone else, right? Not just one person, obviously, but will Edwards shoot some more shots? Will Towns shoot some more shots? Now that you're going to be changing the starting lineup, I'm assuming Malik Beasley would probably play more minutes. Is he going to get more shots up? And when you look at this game, actually, 6 of 14 from Beasley, you know, He's trending to me in the right direction. I feel like you're watching him get his rhythm back. Earlier in the season, one of the things that I thought was an issue for him was rhythm. For anyone that's played basketball, it's tough when you're in the midst of a game and you're not really part of the flow. Whether it's you're not getting the basketball, you're not getting your touches, guys aren't looking your way. If you're getting kind of stuck in the corner and you're not really a part of the game, that can make it tough. I feel like we've made more of an effort to get Malik Beasley involved in the game, and that can make a huge difference in terms of him getting back on track. So let's hope we continue to see strides from him. Again, 6 of 14 is not going to get the job done, but guess what? 6 of 10 from the three-point line. You would take that every single night from anybody. That's fantastic. And and you're not expecting six three-pointers every night from Malik Beasley. But, yeah, you'd take it, and it would be fantastic. That's the key. He needs to hit three-point shots, and he did that in this game, and I feel like we're starting to see him trend in the right direction. So good to see there. And he was actually a plus two in this game. You know, one of the few players that actually was a positive. An interesting two, D'Angelo Russell and Patrick Beverly, they were a plus 10 each. Now, grain of salt, we get it. It's not a stat in single game statistics where we really want to take too much from it. That's important to understand, yes. But I still think it helps to kind of tell the story because to me I'm watching this you jump into that next game and against the magic it was very similar D'Angelo Russell is out there 
And when he when he goes out, it did seem like things changed. How much of that is D'Angelo Russell not being on the court? How much of it is how much of it is J Mac just not being the guy that you can give major minutes to? And we'll touch on that in the next game. Again, your final score here was ninety three ninety one. Other players, let's take a look at the Nuggets side of things real quickly. So, 26 points from Jokic. I mean, he absolutely dominated this game, which early on it didn't seem like he was. I thought Towns played some pretty good defense at times. Just wasn't meant to be. Now, let me add this. This is another game where I really felt the officiating was frustrating at times. I feel like Carl Towns and Nikola Jokic are very much officiated differently. And credit Carl Towns, he has continued the no emotions tactic with dealing with the officials, dealing with bad calls. He's not getting in their face. But then you go to the opposite side of the coin. Nikolai Jokic is out here. He was complaining literally at the start of the tip. He was upset. He complained to the referee, no joke, on the jump ball. He didn't think it was tipped fairly. And if that doesn't tell you things, I don't know what does. I mean... It was very frustrating to watch because those two players are absolutely officiated differently. There was this one play that really frustrated me. Carl Towns got called for a foul, and so did Jokic. It was kind of a double foul, one of those double fouls where the ref says, all right, I don't know who the the main guy was. We're going to give it to both guys. And Jokic like freaked out and like pulled his arm. Very ridiculous to me. And it's one of those things where you're frustrated because uh, all fouls are not created equal. And we're actually going to talk about that even more when we talk about the magic game, when it comes to flagrant fouls, that's something to kind of keep an eye on. So it was interesting. I think early on in this season, we have seen that the Timberwolves are definitely officiated differently than other teams. And it's frustrating. And it's not new. Every single year, we talk about this being a problem. Now we've ex- we've told Carl Towns, we don't want you to show any emotion. That's fine if that's what we want. All right. But so far, it has made zero impact on the game. He is still not getting calls. Other players are not getting calls. What's it going to take? That's the question we have to ask. What is it going to take? Because if we're going to sit here, we talk about how we, we got upset with Carl Towns, and a lot of people blamed him for that early loss against the Pelicans. A lot of people did. And they said it was because of the way he was playing. He was getting upset. He was talking to the officials. And here's the deal. He's not doing that now, and it has not helped. All right, so jumping into the other guys that really... I don't feel that anyone else on the team was just amazing, right? Monty Morris at times felt like he just really made some nice plays. Uh, he was 16-5-4. You'll take that if you're a Nuggets fan, obviously. Overall, I feel like the Wolves played well enough and should have won this game. They were winning most of the game. It just when at the end of the game, they just they just couldn't find a way. And let's talk about the very end play. One thing that frustrated me, and this has been early on in the season... For anyone that hasn't realized this, the Wolves have played almost all home games, which is frustrating given you're not winning a lot of the games. The clock management or the clock, the, the guys that are running the clock here at Target Center, something's not going on, and they touched on it during the telecast of the Magic game. Jim Pete talked about how if you watch that last play, the shot clock goes off. That's a mistake, and it's pretty clear that it frazzles Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. Like, they didn't expect that, and with so little time on the clock, that threw the whole thing off. And if that doesn't happen, I do think that's a difference. So that's one of those frustrating things because it's been a common issue early on here at Target Center. Jim P. talked about how the way those are set up or the way that system is set up, it actually does have to do with referee whistles. 
And so I don't know if there's some flaw in the system. I don't know if it's a human error thing, but it has to be fixed. We cannot continue to have clock malfunctions constantly. And it has been a multi-game problem. Somebody fix this. I don't care who, somebody fix it. It shouldn't be that difficult to fix whatever this issue is. There's a bunch of teams in the NBA. No one else seems to be having this problem. Let's get it figured out. Someone mentioned, you know, I watched that blast playback a number of times. I've seen a few people talk about fouls. I, I, I think you're, you're, you're grasping at stuff there. I didn't feel like any of those things were fouls at the end of the game. It just was one of those things where Jokic made a nice play on the block. And ultimately, I think you'd get a better shot off and things would have gone better if the shot clock buzzer hadn't gone off in the middle of that play. I think the Wolves, at a minimum, find a way to get a three-point shot off to potentially get a win, or they get a better look at the layup. Or maybe they get a D'Angelo Russell mid-range shot, which, say what you want about mid-range shots, generally, that's one area where D'Lo is one of the best players in the NBA. The guy makes mid-range shots. That's what he does. So that's kind of where we'll leave it at that. Uh, Lots more to discuss on the show. We're going to jump now into the Orlando Magic game. I don't think anyone sits here and says themselves, this is a good game. The Orlando Magic game, I think for many reasons, was the worst game of the season. And I think that's fair to say. You watch this game, there were so many facets of this game that just, you know, left you, you know, scratching your head, pulling your hair out. It was so frustrating. And that, this is a game where I felt like this looked like the Wolves that we're used to seeing, unfortunately. This was like a historic loss, if that makes sense. Not in terms of like being like like the worst loss ever, but this to me felt like the old Timberwolves. I saw someone else tweet that out, and I completely agree. This felt like you were watching that same old Timberwolves team, that same old Minnesota sports team that finds a way to lose a game. As Minnesota sports fans, whether it's the Twins, whether it's the Vikings, the Wild, the Wolves, it doesn't matter. We're all so used to this being the narrative. But as Wolves fans, we know it, right? We, we've seen this time and time again where the Wolves seem like they are right with whatever team they're playing with. And then when the game ends, you look at the score and you're like, what happened? And in this game, especially, you get to that fourth quarter and it was like we got punched in the face because we got absolutely dominated in the fourth quarter. Absolutely dominated. When the fourth quarter started, we had a small lead and you end up losing this game 115 to 97. And if you went into this game and you told me that one of these teams had one win on the season, I would have said, you know what? It's the Wolves. If I hadn't watched these two teams play at all and I didn't know the records, if you watched the end of this game, you would think that was the team, the Wolves, with the one win. It was that bad. Now let's set the stage. How did we get to that point? How did the fourth quarter come about and all of a sudden we're in a position to even lose this game? And I'm going to say this. This is going to be something that I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with. But I felt the Timberwolves were vastly, uh, vastly screwed over by the officiating. Time and time again, this has been a, a concern for me throughout my fandom, throughout covering the Wolves. And it's so frustrating. This game in particular, though, there was one specific play, well, two actually, that really step up or kind of kind of step out for me or show out for me. And that was, first of all, there was the Mo Bamba play where he just just body checks, just like throws, I mean, Nas Reed to the ground. And as Jim Peterson said, 
if that's not a natural act, or if that's if that's considered a natural act, then he doesn't even know what's what's happening. This is before they made their call. And if you watch that, there's nothing, nothing natural about that play at all. It is a textbook flagrant foul. Ridiculous. Not a flagrant that's going to get you thrown out of the game, but it should be a flagrant foul. And it wasn't. They considered it a natural act. They said it wasn't excessive or, you know, it was within the confounds of the game. That's nonsense. And if that's true, if that's considered a natural act, if I'm the Wolves, I start doing that. I start doing that. Because if we can just go out here and basically try to injure other player, teams' players by throwing them to the ground, then I think we all need to start doing that because it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think it has any place in the game. I think it's a dirt. In some ways, it's a dirty play. And the NBA has now gone on record to say, you know what? We're okay with it. Are they going to keep that stance if the Wolves do it? I'm going to guess they don't. I bet if Carl Anthony Towns did the exact same thing, I would guess it's a foul 100% of the time. If you watch this game, there were times, I think the Wolves, their biggest lead was like 14 or 16 points, I believe, in the first half. And there were, there were definitely times where I felt like the Wolves were going to pull away and the referees made sure to jump right back in and find a way to bring the magic back into this game. And the free throw differential, I'm going to say this. I don't normally agree that free throw differential tells the story of a game. There are some games where free throw differential is what it's supposed to be, where a team just fouls a lot and another team doesn't. This was not one of those games. The Wolves were called for ticky-tack fouls. They were called for so many things that you look at the other team and the Magic didn't have the same thing. It was very, very interesting to watch. And as you watched it unfold throughout the game, the other play that that really stuck out to me was, I can't remember the player, but we got called for a foul on a three-point shot. They show the replay. He's not even touched. It's not a foul. It's nonsense. And it might have been D'Angelo Russell. It might have been Patrick Beverly, one of the two. And, it was, and, and they were very frustrated by it. And then you go the other direction, right? And Tayshawn Prince, Tayshawn Prince takes a shot and is, gets way more contact. And he gets frustrated with the official. And it's like, call the same thing you just called on the other end. And what does the referee do? He tees him up. And it's so frustrating. I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter about this. And if you look at that game, when the Wolves are up by 14 or 16 or whatever, the max they were up at multiple points, by the way. It wasn't the first quarter. It wasn't just the second quarter. It wasn't just the third quarter. They had multiple points where they had a double-digit lead. And to me, if you take away the bad officiating, if, if the game was officiated well, to me, the Wolves, at a certain point, I think early on, could have been up 20 to 30. And in my experience, for anyone that watches the Wolves uh, a lot, probably notices this too, it always seems like the one lead that seems to be safe for the Timberwolves is 30 points. The second the Wolves get to 30 points, I feel like for the most part, it's not always that case, but for the most part, I can rest easy because even the Wolves historically don't lose 30-point leads. It just doesn't happen. I mean, no team does, right? That's not just the Wolves, but I've seen them lose 20-point leads or 15-point leads or 18-point leads. Those those are not safe, but if I'm a Wolves fan, the second they get up to 30, I can I kind of rest easy. And heck, in this game, I think if you had gotten to 20 point lead that that might have been all it takes to really get the magic to go back in their shell a little bit because they come into the game with one win one win that's it that's all they had and so for that not to be the case and and looking at the free throws let's take a look at the the box score quick to get an idea here so 
If you didn't watch the game, it was frustrating because, how about this, 11 of 19 for the Timberwolves? Let's jump over to the other team here. Let's see what the magic. So 11 of 19 for the Timberwolves, right? It's not not great, not terrible. Uh, 24 of 30. So part of it was your own making. Carl Towns, talk about a guy that can shoot the basketball, and then you watch this game, and he can't make a free throw. Now the other storyline, of course, is D'Angelo Russell tweaks his ankle, ends up going out. I think it was around mid, the midway point. I mean, he played most of the half, first half, and then did not come back in that second half. And you look at what really changed at that point for the Timberwolves. We talk about plus minus. This has been something I've seen, and other guys have brought this up, but D'Angelo Russell, at least consistently, has been a, a positive in some games where I wouldn't think he had been. And this game, plus 15. Again, didn't play a lot. Another game where he didn't shoot well. That's been the common theme on the season, right? One of eight's not going to get the job done. One of five from three is not going to get the job done. He needs to be better. We talk about Malik Beasley, how it seemed like he had been kind of trending in the right direction. Not so much in this game. Four of 16 overall, three of 12 from three. Just wasn't really the best game for anybody on the team. You watch this, and you don't really see anybody on the team. that. And we mentioned this earlier. The big thing was that fourth quarter. Overall, though, Carl Towns, 4 of 8 from 3, 8 of 17. I mean, you take those numbers. You're not going to complain necessarily about that. 10 rebounds. I mean, that's, sorry, not 10 rebounds, 16 rebounds. You're not complaining about that either. There were certain aspects of this game where you felt like, all right, this was decent. And that's because when you watch this game, we played three quarters of basketball or maybe two and a half quarters of basketball. Now you jump into that fourth quarter, and it just seemed like things changed. Cole Anthony just went off. Wagner went off. And you can't allow that. And that's not, that's not the first game this has happened. Cole Anthony crushed us last season with a game winner. Cole Anthony's a very good player. I think Wagner could be a very good player. But to let them be as good as they were in that fourth quarter, inexcusable. You lose this game 115-97. to At times, this game was unwatchable. That fourth quarter is some of the worst basketball I've ever seen a team play. That shouldn't be the case. We got absolutely dominated, just dominated. Now let's go over some uh, some things that I kind of noticed or that other people sent out. You look at the game story here. Jordan McLaughlin, someone else pointed this out too, and I completely agree. He played way too much. When D'Angelo Russell went down, I thought for sure, I thought for sure we were going to see uh, Leandro Bomaro, and we got none of him. We got nothing. He didn't play at all. And what I don't get is Chris Finch talked about how he said to Lorraine, he said to Bomaro, you definitely are good enough to play right now. It's just tough. We're going 11 deep. How am I going to give you minutes, right? Last That game was the easy way to give him minutes. You're missing your starting point guard. Granted, I know a lot of people say Bomaro's not a point guard, right? They say he's more of a wing or whatever you want to call it, like a secondary creator, but he can pass. He can defend. You're telling me we couldn't have used someone that could pass and defend in that game? We absolutely could. Or how about change it up? How about let's see Jalen Noel? You're telling me that guy who played really well in the preseason, who played well last season, you're telling me he hasn't earned minutes? Jordan McLaughlin had a very solid first season with the Timberwolves. The very first year when he was on that two-way contract, and we have not gotten that same player in my estimation. Or if we have, the one thing that I've noticed is Jordan McLaughlin is not the guy that can play major minutes. He is a role player, and that's it. He just does not have the ability to be anything more than a role player. Every time he's expected to play major minutes, it goes poorly. 
that's something that we need to consider. Now, there's a there's an interesting so Anthony Edwards. They, he talked after the game. He said, "We can't let our offense affect our defense." I feel like that played a big role tonight. We weren't hitting shots, so we were like f it on defense. He also said, "I feel like we got swag, but we got too much swag right now." And this is in regards to the team really being stuck on that win in Milwaukee. Uh, he says again, "I feel like we got swag, but we got too much swag right now." Know what I'm saying? Like, we done done something. We ain't did nothing. And then you talk about Chris Finch and how I don't feel like he's the problem here. And he, he mentions, he goes, we're getting to the sh- right shots. We don't have a lot of guys who can put their head down and just drive the ball to the hoop. We have guys who can rise up and make some shots, and they're just not making them right now. Anthony Edwards is a guy that can go down and just get shots at the rim, and he hasn't done that all the time. That's something that needs to change. We need him to get to the hoop more. We need him to not settle. And how about this? Anthony Edwards, this is from Tyler Metcalf. Uh, if you don't follow him, T Metcalf 11 on Twitter does lots of great content. And that is actually a part of a, a really, really good, really amazing staff that was just put together to cover the NBA draft. But So he says, Anthony Edwards, uh, at rim shot frequency. Uh, in 2021, 39%, 84th percentile. He's the same this year. Uh, percent of shots fouled on. In 2021, 10.4%. In the 70th percentile this year, just 6.1%, 52nd percentile. Uh, at rim now, the Timberwolves as a whole, at rim shot frequency, we are we were fourth in the league last year. We're eighth this year. It's not That's not bad, right? You're not complaining there. Uh, Wolves, free throw attempts a game, 23.1 last year. That was seventh. Top 10, that's solid. This year, 21st, 18.8. Now, granted, that's only a difference of four or five, but it makes a big difference. That's all it takes for the game to change that much. And now part of it, of course, is what I talked about earlier. We're not being officiated the same as other teams. That is absolutely the case. Watch a Timberwolves game and tell me we're being officiated the same as the other team. And I'm sorry, if you think that's the case, you are wrong. Now, maybe in the long run, Carl Towns deciding not to be emotional, maybe that plays a role. Maybe things change. I don't know. But so far, it hasn't made a difference. He's not getting calls. Other guys aren't getting calls. It's very frustrating. When you look at uh, the start of, you know, I want to bring this up here. The start of the Wolves game when they played the Nuggets. Carl Towns hit a three-point shot, looked great, and he went to smile. And he went to kind of celebrate a little bit. And he and it was very clear he started doing it and then remembered, nope, that's not who I'm supposed to be now. We've, we've taken this and we've turned it into something that to me, I, I don't like to see it. This, this emotionless player that just, just is in there, he's just going to do the work, and that's it. That's all we're going to get from him. And he talked about this a little bit. He talked about how um, the fans can have such a large impact on the game. And my understanding is the fans at Saturday's game were not great. Or, sorry, not Saturday's game. Uh, the game against the Magic. The fans really were not as invested as maybe they could have been. Here's the thing, Wolves. Here's the thing, Carl Towns. It's been a long time. The Wolves have been around now for, what, 32 years? And we're talking very little success. At a certain point, I'm sorry, but the fans can't be the ones that have to get the job done. Can't help you get the job done. You need to play better. And this is not a shot of Carl Towns, but I can understand the frustration of the loyal fan. I What I can't understand is the frustration of the Fairweather fan. If you're not here through all these years of bad basketball, I don't want to hear you complain now. Don't go to games then. If you're going to complain, if you're not going to cheer, don't go to games. Because as someone that was a season ticket holder for 15 years, I have seen it all. And I've been there for the downs 
and the other downs and the other downs and, and the very few positives. I've been there through all of that. And I've cheered every single night at every game that I went to. And I, I didn't sit there and I didn't sulk. But at a certain point, for us true fans, there becomes a point where it's just same old, same old. And it's frustrating. And that and this isn't the Wolves' fault. But it definitely didn't help the way the, the, the way the Vikings lost on Sunday. As Minnesota sports fans, we are absolutely drained. And we need a win. When other fan bases complain, I just laugh. Because I'm sorry, if you're not a Minnesota sports fan, you don't have it that bad. Nobody has it worse than Minnesota sports fans, and it's not close. It's just not close at all. In fact, at one point last year, the Timberwolves were the losingest franchise in the history of sports. Not just basketball, all of the major sports. They were literally the losingest franchise in all of major sports. That should sink in. That should tell you something. So as a diehard fan, I understand if you're frustrated, and I don't blame you. As a Fairweather fan, if you show up to games once a year, twice a year, is it, the, is it really that hard for you to cheer? Is it really that hard for you to be passionate if you're going to go to one game, two games? I don't think that's too much to ask. We'll see what happens going forward. It's just one of those things to kind of keep an eye on. What is this Wolves team going to bring night in, night out? Are we going to get the same old Wolves, or are things going to change? Uh, here's a quote from Carl Towns. I don't know. Only thing I can say is in slumps and struggle, I've always found my groove and my rhythm in the work. If I'm spending two hours on my craft in a day and struggling, probably should be in the gym more. That's how I've always approached it. If it's two hours and it's not working, you've got to change it to three to four. If four, and I'm still struggling with four, then go, got to go to five. Be in the gym all day then. Dedicate yourself to the craft. Here's the thing that people need to realize. This is their actual jobs. For anyone that does their job, it's, you know, full-time job is a full-time job. You need to work on your craft. He's not wrong. We need the rest of the team to understand that. Repetition is key when it comes to basketball. For anyone that has worked on either their own jump shot or helping someone else. You know, I've coached at, at, at a level, a uh, high school level for a while. Uh, obviously, I've played a lot of basketball. I've worked on my own shot. And you have to spend a lot of time in the gym perfecting your craft. Repetition is key. Now, it's not the only key. Case in point, Ricky Rubio. For anyone that watched Ricky Rubio, he put tons of time into the gym, tons of work into his shot. And when it came to practice, when it came to warm-ups, I don't know that, guy, that there was very few players, or I don't know if there were any players that shot as well as him. And then you get to the game, and his shot looked different. Everything just changed. And so, granted, there are instances where all the repetition in the world doesn't change things. But for the most part, repetition creates muscle memory. And eventually, you become a person that can hit shots. I do think the Wolves are going to turn this around offensively. I do. And it's, it's got to change, right? The Wolves are in the bottom 10 of the league offensively. And they're in the top five defensively. If they can keep that defensive momentum and that defensive work and they can translate that into future games. Defense wins championships for a reason. You can find your offense, but you'll at least be in games night in, night out if you can defend. So as long as that keeps up, I think things are going to be better. So now we're going to jump over to my two-year-old. Hey, Xavier, come here, buddy. Let's bring you on the radio, and let's have you make some predictions. So tonight, the Wolves are taking on the Clippers. Who's going to win, the Timberwolves or the Clippers? Who's going to win? Make a guess. Is it going to be the Wolves or the Clippers? The Clippers. All right. You heard it here. 
My two-year-old predicts the Clippers are winning tonight's game, unfortunately. We'll see if he is right. Uh, hopefully not. And uh, I wouldn't recommend you uh, make bets based on uh, his predictions. But you never know. Maybe he becomes good about this. Oh, he's coming back in strong, and he's changed it. He says the Timberwolves are going to win. I like it. Give me five, buddy. All right, I like that. How about, what the, how about this? Who's going to win the next game, Xavier? I think it's important that we, uh, we get you a couple games on the schedule. So the Wolves are taking on the Clippers tonight. You already picked the Wolves. Now, now on Friday, we're playing them again. Who's going to win the next game, Clippers or Wolves? Clippers, he says. All right, so we're going to split the series. It's two home games. We'll see what happens. Uh, I personally think uh, splitting the series is probably likely. I, I agree with Xavier. I do think that we end up splitting the series. A lot of it's going to depend on how we end up using our rotations, I think. I think it's going to depend on, well, he's got the passion for the Wolves now, which is cool to see. To me, it's going to be how we're going to use players. I want to see less J-Mac. I hope Patrick Beverly plays. He was a full participant in practice, which is big. Is he going to play in this game? I think Patrick Beverly playing is the difference between a win and a loss, or at least it can be. If you have J-Mac playing major minutes, I think things could be, could be rough. I'm not a J-Mac believer. I talked about this last year. Do I think that they should have signed him to that contract last year? Absolutely. Do I understand why they brought him in this year? Absolutely. But he's just not a guy that can play major minutes. And so the more I think on it and the more I talk to people that were not in favor of this signing, the more I, I start to agree and I say, all right, considering how often D'Angelo Russell seems to get injured, Patrick Beverly's not a spring chicken, right? He's a guy that he's older. He, he could have games he's going to miss. And I want someone that's more reliable in that third spot, whether that's Jalen Noel or Leandro Bomaro. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But to me, it's not J-Mac. At this point, it seems pretty clear that he is not the answer at the point guard position. Chris Finch, I'm calling on you. Let's see a difference tonight. Let's see Bomaro play more. Let's see Jalen Noel play more. If Patrick Beverly is out, I'd like to see some changes. Aside from that, Chris Finch has done a great job. Keep it up. And how about the Wolves make some shots? I'm going to say tonight's game is a win. Now, if we win tonight, I could see us winning on Friday. I could see that happening. But ultimately, if I'm looking at the two games as a whole, I agree with Xavi, and it's going to be a split of the two games. So we'll see. That's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute Channel. Again, we are The Howl, your source for Timberwolves Radio. And until next time, let me get a howl.